everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Art of Fulfillment, a meditation for millennials podcast where we're all about what we're really searching for in life, which isn't money, it isn't fame, it isn't cars, it isn't material things, it is fulfillment. Okay, guys, so today's guest, we're speaking with someone who, besides my own parents, has had the most impact on my life by far. He's the reason why I started to work out, meditate, do yoga, eat healthy, do hard things every single day, and strive to be the best person I can be every single day. So when I say that I'm excited for this one, that is far understating it. Our guest today is a former Navy SEAL commander, serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, and adjunct professor who has, whose work has inspired the lives of many by teaching people the tools that lead to self-mastery, mental toughness, and inner peace. He's the founder of SEAL Fit, which is an integrated functional fitness and mental toughness training program most famously known for its grueling Kokoro Camp, a Navy SEAL Hell Week simulation event that is 50 hours of physical, mental, emotional, and intuitional training with no sleep at all. While Mark embodies the mental toughness and resiliency that most Navy SEALs carry with them, signified by him graduating the top of his class in BUDS. He is also a powerful advocate for mindfulness, meditation, yoga, and spiritual development. He teaches these tools towards various outlets, such as his Unbeatable Mind program, Unbeatable Mind podcast, and his Kokora yoga training program that teaches people how to tap into their inner stillness and become the best versions of himself. So please help me in welcoming the New York Times bestselling author of Eight Weeks of Seal Fit, Kokoro Yoga, and the Way of the Seal, Mark divine thanks for coming on the show mark wow joseph holy cow i need a copy of that intro i think that my marketing team would would totally use that hey you can totally take it man i'll send it to you you can put it wherever you want I'm like wow i sound like a rock star there man. you are you are yeah it was an easy intro to write so yeah more than that you can use that wherever but uh one thing that i also just love about your background you know you have all these like great things and i think one of the coolest things is that you started out on the wall street path you had an mba a cpa you were on track to you know make a bunch of money in corporate america which some people would say wow that's like a pretty good life but then you know you found yourself pretty unfulfilled and and then that eventually led you to decide to go into the seals and what i even love more about that story is that it didn't just happen in an instant like you weren't just like screw it i'm going to go on the freaking seals like you had to train yourself to get there so my question to you is what are the specific skills that you had to train in order to gain that level of insight that led you to wanting to take a path towards the seals and more fulfillment oh man right out of the gate you hit me with one that that is um... <laughs> Well, we could take the whole 45 minutes kind of talking about this, but um, I was extremely fortunate to be introduced to Zen meditation through a martial arts uh, master uh, who basically taught me how to slow down and to discover who I truly was, right, to, to look inwardly. You know, everything I talk about now in Unbeal Mind started there. Now, to be fair, as an endurance athlete growing up in high school and college, and I was a competitive swimmer, and also growing up in a time that had a lot less distractions than, let's say, your generation has, you know, it's hard to believe a time before the internet, but that was my childhood. <laughs> Three TV stations and everything. <laughs> and so I, I did spend a lot of time outside in nature. And, you know, so I had some connection with stillness and silence and, and some. You know, but to say I had a contemplation, meditation practice, no, definitely not. And my mind was every bit as distractible as any other human being. And furthermore, I had a lot of negative tendencies, just like every human being does. And uh, yet I was unaware of them. Now, 
enter in Master Nakamura, who's telling me to sit down on this little bench and to pay attention to my breathing and, you know, to if I get distracted and my breath wanders or my mind wanders, bring it back to the breath. All of a sudden, I'm introduced to three things. The power of breath control training, number one. Two is the power of a practice of mindfulness, which is to be more aware of the, the um, you know, the rising of your thoughts and emotions so that you can begin to acknowledge the different tendencies that you have, right? The patterns that are showing up. And then three, the power to concentrate deeply so that you can focus in radically on that which is important. Now, those three things led me to, to the ability to train my mind in new ways. One of the outcomes of that, Joseph, was that I was able to train my mind to, to uh, have a single point focus. And then with that single point focus, I was able to turn that attention, that focus onto some of the negative tendencies or patterns that I had noticed arising in the mindfulness aspect or por portion of that training. And those led me to the discovery that I was completely misaligned in my calling, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then that required me to, you know, dig deeper into that inner domain of mine and figure out, well, if I'm not called to be a CPA, MBA, work the family business, what is, I'm, what is it that I'm called to do? course and now now I'll stop there because that led to a whole different set of skills which had me try to tap in to figure out what my calling was and all of those skills I have been able to retrospectively reconstruct and I use them in different ways during SEAL training to dominate the training number one in my class uh, to be a, a really effective Navy SEAL leader and to be an entrepreneur and author and they all started with that singular focus on breath and mindfulness and attention control or focus. Focus. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that answer so much. And it's so applicable to like, especially nowadays. And I know you talk about this too in, in the way of the seal is that we have so much distractions nowadays, whether it's our phone, it's the YouTube, it's the Instagram, it's all these things vying for our attention. And so we get distracted, you know, not just from what the things we have to do, but like what's really going on inside. Like, do we even know how we're feeling? Do we know like what we like and do we know what we're going through? So to train that through mindfulness and through having a still focus on like the breath, I think is so awesome. And I love how you also mentioned you took these skills uh, into your SEAL training and helped you to get there. So I think number one, a lot of people are probably thinking like, whoa, like mindfulness and SEAL training. Like I didn't even know those things were like two like interrelated things, but they totally are. And I think they relate to the big four skills of mental toughness, which right. that had, those skills have like literally changed my life, not just like with competing in sports, but just going through the hard things in life. So I'd love if you can share like the big four skills of mental yeah, toughness of and, and how they helped you get through SEAL training. Absolutely. The big four skills, like you said, they're transformational. They, what they do and I'll introduce them in, in order, but what they do is um, allow you to win in your mind before you step foot on the battlefield. And then when you're on the battlefield, when the, when the resistance starts coming, when the pressure, when the bullets start flying, um, they allow you to take control of that which you can control, which is everything on the inside. And when you can control what's on the inside, then you can dominate what's on the outside as you know, within reason, right? 
So the big four skills are the skill of mastering the breath. We've already talked about that was where I started with, you know, learning how to control and master the breath and to be able to use the breath as your, your main mechanism for maintaining that radical focus as well as an internal gauge on mental and emotional control to control the quality, the quantity, and the directionality or the attentionality of your thoughts. What, what are you focusing on and why? And remembering why. All that starts with control over the breath. And that needs to, by the way, all four of these skills need to be practiced. That's, in fact, as you learned in Unbeatable Mind Training, that's one of the really unique innovations of Unbeatable Mind is they turn these skills into a daily practice so that you you own them, right? You don't just think about them or, or may I remember some PowerPoint or audio or Unbeatable <laughs> Mind or podcast. There, you own these skills and they're there for you when you need to apply them and, and you apply them differently in different circumstances. So breath control, mastery of the breath is the first skill. Secondarily, and I already kind of alluded to this um, with the first question, the second skill is the ability to take control of the thought and emotional processes. So we'll call it mental control. I've, it's also been uh, termed attention control. I've kind of toyed with different names for these, you know, to give them a little, like quick little brandable bites. But, you know, to be fair, those are, these are pretty deep topics. It's not mindfulness. That is an aspect of it. It's not, it's basically controlling everything that comes after breath control is controlling how your mind works. And mm-hmm. Um, let me give you a quick, or the listeners, a quick idea of how, what I think of as the mind, right? It's not just your rational thinking aspect. Um, it is the, the concept of whole mind is essentially your whole being is your mind, right? And so it, it includes your body. It includes uh, the heart and the, and the gut and the biome. It includes... Um, transrational intelligence or information the information field around you your mind does not reside inside your head that's what i'm getting at at the same time the brain is um, a critical component of the of the mind because it's our meaning maker and it's our it's the it's what allows us to communicate and to receive information and you know through the eyes and the ears and the mouth and the nose and um it's also the tool that we use for imagery which is so important for our uh, for memory as well as for um, projecting ourselves into the past or the future. There are so many reasons that the brain is really important, but it's still not the totality of the mind. So when we're talk- when we get control of the breath, the breath is the bridge between the body and the mind or between the physiology and the psychology, then that naturally leads us to, to having better control over our mind. And, and then we begin to really uh, be able to use that mind in a whole different way than when we're out of control or untrained. And this is why, like when I train Navy SEAL candidates, 90% of them get through SEAL training because all of a sudden they're able to just be in such incredible control of their mental processing and their mental state and what they're paying attention to and also their internal patterns. And they've also, um, able to use their mind to eradicate the negative tendencies that which lead people to quit right Mm -hmm. fear doubt uncertainty um lack of um a sense that you have the competence or capacity to to win uh negative thought patterns or negative internal dialogue which is going to weaken your body you know so we say that negativity destroys performance feeding the courage will will stoke courage and, and strength 
so at any rate, that second skill is a profound one, and that's the skill of mental control. Right? And I just wanted to give that kind of context. These aren't simple things. You, know, you don't just like train them in, in a few minutes. <laughs> so the third skill is imagery. Now, I mentioned that the, the brain is such a powerful organ of our mind system. One of the most um, incredible attributes of the brain is its ability to create imagery. Now, imagery can come in the form of fantasy, which is what most people have, or just unstructured imagery. Or you can learn through training to develop your capacity for imagery and to use it um, powerfully, right? And so that, that looks a lot like visualization training and um, as well as imagination, right? So mm -hmm. learning to imagine use your imagination powerfully both to cr create a structured vision of the future, which becomes a new, becomes a memory essentially in your mind mm. is the, one of the most powerful uses of visualization. So when I was mentally training for the seals and now when I mentally train for anything, I create a future image of what victory looks like and I practice it. And so what, what's happening is I'm creating a memory of an event that hasn't happened yet, which creates this like magnetic attractive force toward that, right? To, to pulling me toward that because it's always there. I don't ever have to remember why or uh, why I'm doing something or what is um, what that looks like because I practice this so much that it creates this this energetic state in my mind, my whole mind, of an event that is is bound to happen. And that's how we create destiny, right? So that's the. Imagery is incredibly. Also, we can use imagery to uh, affect a change in our, our state of performance, you know, so for feeling, you know, starting to get exhausted or weak in a training event like SEAL training or, or a Kokoro camp, um, you can use imagery to shift uh, your, your mental state and your attitude and to give you strength. You know, uh, if you're in the ocean and we're doing, you know, what the SEALs would call surf torture, <laughs> and uh, we just call it beach games, you know, <laughs> <laughs> something lighter, <laughs> a little lighter. Yeah. Um, the word torture kind of fell out of favor after nine 11. You know? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you can use imagery to, and breath, by the way, and all three of these skills I already mentioned to keep yourself warm and, and warm enough hyperthermia. So it has a profound physiological effect. Each one of these skills, by the way, we could have an entire course. I could do an entire week-long course on each one of these. They're just that they're just that rich. Now, the fourth of the big four skills is task orientation. Learning how to put your mind on the right task at the right time for the right reasons, always remembering why you're doing it, and then to be able to chunk those, chunk that down to the smallest arc of action that you need to take to move the dial towards success. And we will call that micro goals. But it's much more than micro goals. The totality of why am I doing this? What's the next action I need to take? What's the smallest piece of that action that I can take to move forward and eliminate doubt and to, and to activate the OODA loop for feedback? And then how do I systematize that so I'm just like relentlessly marching forward toward the vision of victory until I have so much momentum that I, I might only be halfway there, but I've, I've already won. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm already dominating that uh you know that that task absolutely 
Yeah. Those oh my four gosh. Skills. <laughs> so useful. So useful. And I hope people are literally like taking notes down and going out and practicing. If they're wondering like, how do I practice these? Like on a daily basis, I think like one of the best ways, and this is the way that I learned it was through physical training, right? Like I never worked out and then I came across your work. I did the CL fit camp, and through them, that's where I started to practice the big four skills, of mental toughness. And through that, I was like, Oh, like maybe this is just a, like, a, you know, I think I do in a workout, but then I started to like, carry it out in my life, right? Like there's a big project that I had to do and I was getting overwhelmed of how big it was. I just focused on, okay, like check my negative self-talk, got that out of the way, started talking more positive and then literally broke down the tasks in small pieces. So it wasn't overwhelming. So it's applicable to like, not just physical training, but like life as a whole. And I think it's just like, right. they're just so awesome. But yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And I'm sure that you implemented the big four skills when you were doing and if and i didn't say this in the intro but mark did a challenge where he did 300 burpees every single day for a year in order to raise awareness and money for veterans with uh ptsd so i'm i know that you um, employed the joining big four us skills. by the way you, you did it too i mean you didn't. absolutely yes i i joined mark along with the ride it was awesome i didn't do the 300 burpees every day like him but did as many as i could but i think you employed that in there and then I also think that it takes so much discipline to do that, not just for doing it every day, but you did it with a freaking broken foot. So most people, when they like break a foot or I'm sure like midway through the training, you were like, wow, this was like sucks. My body's sore. Like, oh my gosh. Like, what is the thing that allowed you to have the discipline to keep going every single day, despite a broken foot, despite feeling sore, whatever? Yeah, well. I already gave the answer. When you develop these four skills through a disciplined practice of, um, you know, it, you, again, you can't put it into one word. Like I could say a daily meditation practice or a daily breath practice or a daily whatever. And most people think, and they look at it this way. They probably learned this in Unbeal Mind that it's not one thing that we do as human beings that are, you know, they're going to make us a complete human. It's actually, it's actually a compendium of tools that we call the five mountain training methodology, mm -hmm. five mountain tools. There's physical things, there's movement, there's physiology, there's how you fuel, there's how you sleep, there's how you recover. There's mental training tools. We've talked about that at length. You know, the, the concentration, the mindfulness, the awareness, the eradication of negative tendencies and patterns, you know, replacing them with positive ones, being able to then interact with other people you know, from those things, so you're more trustworthy and, and respectful and have more of a more caring concern. Ultimately, caring concern for all sentient beings is the outcome of that, which well, who wouldn't want that? And then there's the emotional mountain, which is basically how do I connect deeper with other people? How do I access the Kokoro heart mind in action? How do I align more so that I'm more peaceful, more content and not just going after grasping for the next, you know, egoic thing money fame power sex whatever then there's the intuitive mountain now this is where it starts to get really juicy the intuitive mountain is where you tapping into your your spiritual center you know getting the, those that transrational information getting insights spontaneously creative genius that type of thing and then there's the last one i call kokoro itself which is really aligning in service to humanity, right? Which is, you know, your generations, I love what you're doing. Like wh when my generation came up, everyone was just focused on making money. But we see what that results 
you know, like in the, in the world. It's not pretty, right? There's a lot of degradation of the environment. There's a lot of lack of care and concern for other cultures. It's very ego and ethnocentric. And so what I'm seeing from your generation, and I think is what's going to change the world, is when people are adopting, you know, some of these things that we're talking about in this podcast, well, there's an evolutionary um, process that people will go through as you become more integrated and whole, and it takes you to a, a much more of a, a holistic, world-centric point of view where you have greater and greater care and concern, and it gives you this sense of absolute necessity to align with your purpose or calling in life. Like anything less than that is unsatisfactory, right? We just simply must do what we're called to do. Otherwise, you know, we, we're doing harm to ourselves. And if we're mm-hmm. doing harm to ourselves, then we're, we're not gonna be complete and whole as humans. So I've been practicing and training these things and teaching them for so long that I literally do this every day naturally. I, I don't, I'm not even, a, sometimes like I'm a, my mind is so blank like for a podcast like this, and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> Who am I? Well, you're doing oh, great so far. <laughs> I even have to pull out my book and be old mind to like remind myself what I wrote. I'm like, oh yeah, there it is, because it's just now so natural that I have to like, like oh yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> right. And so, anyways, back to the burpees for vets. You know, I I love training, but I know that it's way more powerful to train for a purpose. Right. This is why I don't do CrossFit Games anymore, because winning a you know, contest was not a very strong purpose for me. <laughs> I did it for a few years and had some fun with it. But um, knowing that 22 veterans a day are committing suicide really fired me up. I was like, that is unsatisfactory because we have tools to help these people. And a lot of them are my teammates. And so I said, well, we have a we have a great tribe, you know. I include you in that of people who are really willing to step up and do something different. And and this is a cause that would you know a lot of people would get behind. Twenty two people a day. That's amazing. We got to help. So, and I already start. I had started the Courage Foundation two years either to, earlier to help solve this and to directly impact vets through Unveil Mind Training. And so I said, well, this year, two thousand eighteen or last year, I, I'm going to raise money by challenging the tribe to do 22 million burpees. And I did the math. I said, okay, if I do 100,000, that's three, I can do 100,000 burpees. I'll do it 300 a day. I can commit to that. It was a scary commitment, but I did it. Once I committed to it, there was no turning back. And so then I challenged the, my tribe to do 22 million burpees. And I said, okay, I, I need like 400 people to do 100,000 burpees a day. That didn't happen right? (laughs) I ended up, we ended up with close to 300 people who did varying amounts. And so we're at, we're at like, uh, I think 16 or 17 million burpees so far at at about 14 months or 15 months in. So we're definitely going to hit the 22 million. And I never said it was a 12, it wasn't a 12 month time frame. It was basically until we, we're going to go until we get there. So I'm continuing my burpees. Um, I did my 300 this morning, as a matter of fact. Nice. So, and then, you know, other people kind of jumped in like football teams and, and people we've done work with, with seal fit. Like, so we had some football teams, uh, decide they wanted to do as many burpees as they could in four hours. And they raised like seven or $8,000. I'm like, that's huge. We had Google come on board and they wanted to do uh, burpees and do a seal fit training event. And so we did that and they donated $50,000 to the cause. And so we have, you know, we've had all sorts of different ways that this has kind of played out. And then several world record attempts. Um, mm. My team, we had six-person team. 
three men and three women um, challenged the world record for most number of burpees done in 24 hours. And the world record was 14,000. And we did 36,393. Incredible. We were relentless. Yeah. And it's, again, it's all these skills of, especially the big four, that we have all been training. And um, when you own these skills to where you can deploy them with finesse like we were able to, the results are extraordinary. It really is powerful. I don't know if I answered your question there. I kind of went. Oh, you did. hundred percent. hundred percent. No, no, it was awesome. And and if you guys are interested in donating or signing up or a commitment to Burpees for Vets, totally go to the Courage Foundation website. I'll put a link in the description that you guys can go right to and uh, and you can do it. I have a page too that you can donate on as well. And you can donate through Mark, wherever he's easy to. But uh, this is definitely something, a cause that both of us are, are really passionate about and are are, are going to do whatever it takes to to get the goal of 22 million Burpees and to, to really get that number down from 20 to hopefully like zero right that would be the yeah, ideal state and we're launching our first cohort program by the way this is worth saying on this podcast mm -hmm. um in june our first group of vets with post-traumatic stress will be going through the year-long program see you know awesome. it's one thing to raise money but we actually have to serve them so the, the, the raising money is also raising awareness and everyone's getting involved and that's going to help but we want to directly impact you know, this population, obviously. So we're, um, we're, we're offering, you know, this is free to the vets, you know, even the travel. So they come to um, Carlsbad, California, where our, our location is, and they'll be doing three days of training with myself and two other Unveiled Mind coaches who are vets. One's a SEAL like me, and the other's, um, uh, I think, an Army veteran. And um, we will teach them these skills of Unveiled mm -hmm. Mind including the big four, and we'll help them uh, figure out um, greater meaning in life. And then we're going to give them a team so they've got some team um, accountability and support structures, and then they'll get 12 months of coaching support. Mm. So I'm very excited about that, and um, the money that we raise through the, the Burpees for Vets Challenge is what's paying for that. So that's a model for our whole, the Courage Foundation for the future is to, to do more of these types of inspirational challenges which get people fired up and it's for a meaningful cause but then use that money to directly heal and help this population and like you said hopefully get that number from 22 down to zero right absolutely and I, I love that mission man it's it's it is just awesome and it's so great that what you guys are doing and i'm just glad to be along there with the journey with you guys because it's so awesome and what i really love from from that answer what you said before and in that part it's uh the, the whole notion of your why or your meaning or your purpose and so you said in the beginning like that kept me going like 300 burpees every single day just like thinking of the why and then also you're giving you know the veterans in that program a purpose and a meaning and one of the things that i love is like when when you talk about kokoro i mean like what is it like 30 percent of people finish or something like that right. um and you say that you know right off the bat like you ask people a question you say why are you here and you can tell right away which ones are going to make it and not going to make it because they have a strong and deep why. And right. so building on that, uh, I was listening to you read a chapter out of your new book coming up, Uncommon. And I was really stunned when I heard you, you said that, you know, having a purpose or a why is different than a career or your work. So can you explain to our listeners like what that means? Because I think a lot of people do get like that misalignment. They think like their purpose is like, you know, what they, they should do in terms of work, but you know, to mm -hmm. you, it's something different. So could you explain a little more about that? Sure. I think purpose or calling 
is an archetypal energy. Um, you know, where does it come from? Like, you know, I'd be telling you more than I could possibly know as a human being if I told you why we have this calling. But I certainly believe that every human being has a unique calling or unique purpose. You know, in fact, the, 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 one of the greatest spiritual works ever written is called the Bhagavad Gita. Mm -hmm. from the um, yoga tradition and the entire book is about this calling and um and i identify with this greatly because the protagonist of the story is a warrior his name is arjuna he's an archer he's said to be able to you know take take the eye or or send an arrow through the eye of a flying hawk or a bird you know like at will like that's how good he is and so the, there's this battle that he's facing. And of course, the battle represents the battle over fear, you know, and lack of courage. And so he's having some of these negative mental tendencies and he's on his chariot. And it turns out that the battle is between, you know, his family and then his other family, right? His cousins, <laughs> yeah. Right? Who've taken, a, taken the throne from the rightful heirs. And it just so happens, and this is all metaphorical, but he's on his chariot having all these fears and doubts, and he doesn't want to go into battle, doesn't want to kill his cousins, blah, 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 doesn't want to get killed. I mean, who, what human being doesn't battle the fear of death or, you know, the fear of judgment and all these things? And so his uh, charioteer, meaning, you know, kind of partner who's supposed to be taking care of the horses and is like guiding him, is this guy named Krishna. Well, Krishna's representation of universal consciousness or God. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the book is a conversation between a fearful warrior and God. And, and Krishna basically, I'm coming back to the question. Okay, so this, this story oh, is so powerful, though. So Krishna basically goes to this whole dialogue in this book and, and just explaining to, to Arjuna that you have to go to war because it's your calling. It's what you're here for. You're a warrior. And if you don't go to war, then you're going to spend the rest of your life in regret and you're going to have negative karma. And then you're going to have to come back, at, you know, in another lifetime and do it all over again. So get over it and go to war because you're a warrior. And if you're a warrior, you do what warriors do. Right. If you're a mother, you do what mothers do. If you're a merchant, you do what business people do. Right. <laughs> if you're a, if you're a joker, you're on stage. You know, if <laughs> you get the picture, right? Absolutely. When I was on the meditation bench in New York City, I mentioned earlier that there's a, 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 a tangential benefit to being able to, to learning these skills of breath, mental control, concentration, and then the eradication of negative mental patterns so that you can eventually open up to your more pure self, your higher self. And that higher self is able to, it's like a direct conduit to you know the your spiritual center that kokoro heart center and that's where this information lies i believe it lies in your heart but we're not connected to our heart most of the, mm -hmm. of the human beings and so we don't get that information and we confuse things like career and money and power and and um and fame as something we're supposed to be doing right so when you uh, learn these skills there's a point in time where you're able to drop into a deep state of silence and it happens without trying right this is where this is where it gets really 
kind of interesting and it's hard. It's not like a physical workout where you can track your progress by marking on you know reps on the whiteboard. <laughs> it's, you know, you practice, 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 and you, you, so you might feel like you're not getting anywhere. And then all of a sudden one day you sit down and you find yourself in this deep state of silence and having these like epiphanies or these insights. I call that direct perception, right? So it's mm-hmm. a, it's an, it's a d- definitive aspect, another aspect of how your mind works, right? You have the rational thinking, judging, perceiving mind or judging mind. You have the part of your mind that works with imagery. We talked about that at length. You have the part of your mind that stores memory and can access memory. You have the part of your mind that dreams at night. And then you have the part of your mind that can just perceive reality when all the rest of that stuff is out of the way, when you get out of your own way. And that's what um, a deep insight meditation practice will lead you to. And so that's what, when I was sitting on the bench and I finally got to that place after a couple of years of training, I was getting these insights and the insights were showing me that I was meant, I was like Arjuna. I was meant to be a warrior. Mm-hmm. They didn't say, Mark, go be a Navy SEAL. I didn't know anything about the SEALs. This was 1987. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have TV shows and movies about the SEALs in 87, you know? Right. Um, and they weren't famous because there was no Bin Laden, or if he was, he was a kid. You know, it, 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 it's just a whole different game, right? I didn't even know what the SEALs were. But mm-hmm. I began to get the message from my heart that I was meant to be a warrior and that I was meant to lead in those that arduous environment of you know places where warriors lead combat, you know, or or you know nitty gritty places on the earth. So as soon as I had those insights, that's when I started paying closer attention to what is this warrior thing. I began to read a little bit more. I began to think about it. I began to contemplate and journal about this idea and also contrast it with what my life was like as a CPA. (laughs) Big difference, you know, I noticed a big delta, a big delta between this idea of being a warrior and this idea of of being a merchant CPA. One of them felt really good to me when I contemplated it. One of them felt like a complete misfit. And um, you can imagine which one that was, you know. (laughs) So... And it was then that the universe conspired to help align me by showing me what the SEALs were. And I was walking home from work one night, and I, I strolled past the Navy recruiter's office, and I stopped in my tracks because on the window was this huge poster. You probably remember this story from my book, mm-hmm. The Way of the Seal. And the poster had you know guys doing Navy SEAL-type things. The poster didn't say anything about the SEALs. The word SEAL wasn't even on it. But on the top of the poster, it said, be someone special. And it had, like I said, guys jumping out of airplane, free falling at night, you know, locking out of a submarine, a little sniper hide in a hide site. And I was just transfixed. I'm like, that's what warriors do. And I want to be someone special. Right. And so I went back to the recruiter's office when they were open. And I was like, you know that poster out there? <laughs> who, who are those guys? <laughs> and, I want to do that. They're, they're like. You don't want anything to do with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I said, yes, I do. That's yeah, awesome. Cool. <laughs> That's so no. cool. And and I love that principle, like how, you know, you didn't know what the SEALs were. You didn't know, but you knew that you wanted to be a warrior. And I love the quote that you say is too, is like, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? And you were, you were ready there. And it's like that, that sign, when you saw it, I think you 
I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think you would have had that moment or that insight if you didn't just, you know, tap into that self-awareness and what you were really aspired to be. Right. These moments of synchronicity or I call them crystallizing moments, they happen when you begin this, these practices and you, because you're paying more attention and you're, you're taking more information and you're operating out of your whole mind and you're not always in your head. If I had been stuck in my head still thinking, 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 you know, what's next, what am I doing tomorrow? You know, I got to get home and study, you know, blah, blah, blah. Cause I was still going to school at night, getting my MBA. I was, you know, learning new skills at work and all this time, you know, every time I would go to the martial arts school and sit down on that little bench and, and especially Thursday nights. And then I started doing a morning practice every day. You know, I had tw- a minimum of 20 minutes a day just to tap into my, you know, my perceiving mind and get this information. And so then I became, you know, I just expanded my field of awareness. And then, like I said, there's some magic that happens that I can't explain where the universe likes this. You know, it's like mm-hmm. my, my version of Christian was like going, yay, Mark, you're finally, you know, <laughs> you're cracking that coconut of yours, you know, and you're, you're not going to, you're not making as dumb, de- as many dumb decisions, but you know, maybe most of them are dumb, but not quite as many. And that's when they showed me, or that's when I was able to notice, you know, the poster, which then, you know, basically accelerated my path because it took, it, it took the general to the specific. So the general, you know, people are saying, I don't know, archetypal energy. I said, yeah, yeah, but start with that. You know, someone might be like, I feel like I'm a healer. Well, that's a broad category. Even warrior is a broad category, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I, before I saw that poster, I was thinking, "Mm, man, it could be military. I could fly jets uh, in the Mm -hmm. military. I looked in the Marine Corps or I could be, you know, Lucy, I thought about different special ops and, and I thought about, um, uh, I thought about just being an expedition guide, you know, that's kind of a warrior thing to do. And I thought about being a, uh, longshoreman working on an oil rig. And I was like, I, t- I, you know, I called it trying on different uniforms and I would visualize what I thought it might be like to do these different things. And the more I visualized the, the, the military special operator role, the more it felt right. And then guess what? I'd stumble across the poster. So I went from general to getting more and more specific to all of a sudden, boom, there it is, Navy SEAL. And then I was like, yeah, and that aligned with things that I was really passionate about. I was passionate about fitness. I was a competitive swimmer. I was a triathlete. I'm a martial artist now. Um, I loved, you know, hiking and being outdoors. And, you know, I love travel. Um, I couldn't stand being suited up in, in an office, you know. So there was both that contrast of what I didn't like and what I did like. And all, everything about the SEALs fell in the like category, you know? Yeah. And, then, and then there was this aspect of what am I principled about? What, what do I stand for? And when I started thinking about that, I was like, you know what? Making money for the sake of making money is not something I care about, mm-hmm. but serving my country and, and being a good teammate to, you know, be there for another individual who relying on me for their life and leading them into dangerous situations and being responsible for bringing them all home alive. Wow. I can find some meaning around that. You know what I mean? I, I, that's a principle I can get behind. And so, um, and also this idea of, um, that was growing on me through Nakamura of this idea of, of mastering oneself mm-hmm. in service to others. That was a principle I can get behind. Was there self-mastery and service to others in public accounting? Not so much, you know, but in the SEALs, you bet, right? You bet. That was a whole mo- developmental model 
around self-mastery and service to your team and, and to the mission. So when I finally connected all the dots between what I felt my archetypal purpose was, which is warrior, and I felt my, what I'm passionate about, which is risk and adventure and fitness and challenge and, you know, being outside and leading, and what my principles were, when all those lined up, right at the center point of that was the Navy SEALs. And, and mm -hmm. it could have also been like Green Berets or, or even the French Foreign Legion for that matter, but the SEALs <laughs> were the ones that most inspired me. And so that's, that's awesome. That I just described kind of the whole process for kind of uncovering your your calling, and I go into that in quite a bit of depth in both uh, Unbeatable Mind and the Way of the Seal, but from kind of different angles. It's not a simple process, but it's a necessary process, in my opinion. Right, I totally agree. And usually, the things that are worth it in life, they're not simple or they're not easy, right? You have to do the work and, and essentially do the hard things in order to break through new limits. Cause when you get out of your comfort zone, that's when you grow. Like if you're doing the same stuff over and over again, you're comfortable, you're going to get the same results. You're going to be in the same spot. And so by really taking the path of self mastery, you have to accept the fact that there's going to be days where you're going to say, this is tough. There's going to be challenges that you're going to look at yourself and you're going to be like, Oh, I don't like that. But you got to <laughs> conquer it. Right. Yeah. I've seen that many times before, but, yeah. but, but it's just a, a beautiful journey in the end when you get to a point of self mastery in, in the intention of serving others, which I think is just an absolutely amazing, amazing line that you said in there. And I think it's so great. And so for our listeners who I know you have uh, a brand new unbeatable mind program out. Um, yeah. and so for, for listeners here who are just like, Oh man, like I, I want to do this stuff. Like, like sign me up right now. Like, can you like <laughs> explain a little more about the program and how people can get signed up and, and maybe sure. what they can expect if they, if they do decide to take that path with you? So the Unbeatable Mind program, there's a couple of ways to experience it. The book is a great place to start to learn kind of the underlying philosophy and some of the training tools like the breath training and whatnot. The online training is like, I'm ready to go all in. It's a 12-month program. We call it the Foundation Course. It's a commitment, but it's, it's incredible, right? And so we mm -hmm. do all the, we teach you how to develop your five-mountain training plan, hold you accountable to your six, you know, what we call a six-pillar journal. Um, we go take you through the process of, uh, finding your calling through those three P's, passion, purpose, principles, so you can know what you stand for and you have a one thing mission focus. And we help you develop front sight focus so you're only, you know, only going after targets that totally fit you and you're able to develop a hasty plan um, through the tools uh, that, you know, I like I outline in those tools in the way of the seal in the book. It's an incredible program. Uh, so that's at unbeatablemind.com. And twice a year we run a three-day event called the Unbeatable Mind Experience which is like my deep dive in per in person training. Usually there's, you know, anywhere from 75 to hundred people there. So it's a pretty small, intimate group now. And, um, that's a way to really get, let me, you know, we learn, you got to learn and do this in different ways. So reading the books, great listening to podcasts, um, downloading and consuming information and then learning it in person experientially and practicing it. That's where you start to really make progress. Oh, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Now, we also, I also, um, through this training, you learn that there's two models that I employ. One is the daily discipline practice. The other is the crucible experience. Mm -hmm. And Kokoro Camp or the 20X, 12-hour or 24-hour and 12-hour experiences are, are crucibles. As you alluded to, when you start on this path, when you commit to this path of self-mastery, it's not that the challenges go away. The challenges actually come more furious and fast because the universe mm -hmm. is excited that you're finally waking up to grow up 
And now it's going to say, okay, it's time to, to really put the juice into it. But you, because these skills like the big four are so good at you maintaining control over the things you can control, you end up embracing the suck and really enjoying the increasing challenges because you become disciplined. It's kind of like you asked me, like, how do I, how did I do, you know, why is it easy for me to do 300 burpees a day and to break a world record by almost 3x? It's because of the number of challenges that have come at me over the years where mm. I've learned that, you know what, this is just awesome. You know, bring it on, right? The bigger yes. and the hairier, the better, because it's how I'm going to grow, you know? And right. on the other side of this is, is going to be a new version of myself, which is necessary for me to fulfill my calling. And so that's how that links. And I always know my why. I'm doing this to grow to my fullest potential and so I can, I got to perform my peak so that I can tap that potential so that I can serve better. And so I can connect to more people more deeply so that together with a team, a growing team, we can impact humanity in a positive way. Now that's pretty damn inspiring, you know, in my opinion, right? Absolutely. So SealFit uh, is where we do crucible training. And so SealFit.com has information on the 20x crucibles and tons of physical training tons of tons of free content on physical mental fitness training and whatnot so those are probably the places to start and if someone's wants to approach it from more the spiritual perspective then kokoro yoga is our yeah. daily practice of integration through you know when someone when i say i practice from five in the morning until 10 every morning usually i'm doing a basically kokoro yoga but kokoro yoga is the the, the compendium of stacked tools. So there's, you know, there's a movement, there's a breath and movement practice that takes me 45 minutes, 20, 20 to 45, depending on how much time they had. Then there's the um, breath followed by mindfulness, followed by concentration, followed by insight meditation practice, followed by visualization. Mm. And then there's my 300 burpees, which are also a practice. And then there's yeah. my workout, you know, so, you know, this is what every day is like. And people think, well, how, if you've trained that long, how do you have time to do other things? It's because I'm my mind. I'm my mind is the most important thing. And so, as I train that, then it makes everything else more focused and more pure. And so that if I only do one other thing during the day, of course I do more than one thing, but it's going to be the right thing. Yeah, and I'm going to do it all out. And so that, that one right thing done all out will have more of an impact than if I just filled my day up with activities and tasks and other people's commitments. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I heard a quote once that said like, usually busy can kind of be uh, a form of laziness, which yep. is, I thought was so interesting. I was like, whoa, but like that makes so much sense. And what I love, I think the most thing that, that the one lesson that changed my life that you got for me is that like, when you see challenges and hard things and you're like, oh my God, that's exciting. That's like amazing. Like bring it on. Like that is how you grow. And like literally for me, I used to be the one who always dodged like the hard crap in my life. And then now I can tell you right here and I'm Actually, you know, now this will be the first time I say it like publicly, but next year you can expect to see me at, at least the 20 X, maybe Kokoro, but Sweet. at least 20 X next year. So, um, you, you can, you can beat the crap out of me there and, and, <laughs> and see how, I, see how I fare up. But, but I'm excited to do those things because I like, I'm really going to see, you know, my true self and learn to, to grow through those situations. So right. I think it's an important lesson. And I totally suggest all you listeners to at least explore like one outlet of Mark saying, if you do the unbeatable mind training program, I can guarantee to you 
your life's going to change and you're going to really get on the path of fulfillment. And you can find more information too on the places that he said and also at www.markdivine.com. So right. check him out there. So we're we're going to the tail end of the podcast and I'm just so... I'm bummed because I could talk with you literally for like 12 hours. But <laughs> but anyways, my last question is, what does fulfillment mean to you and what fulfills you in life? Everything we've talked about here fulfills me. fulfills me when I can help another individual get on this path of integration and wholeness and to be to to be um, to be more whole and to you know feel more contentment and peace of mind and and aligned right and mm -hmm. to get off the treadmill and I don't I mean this this can happen without quitting a job or anything like I'm not saying you know I'm trying to get people to stop being in corporate America or to stop doing what they're doing but to do it with a different intention and more awareness and more wholeness and and from that world centric perspective that has where you have care and concern for alls and, and you're willing to do the hard work of the integration and emotional development and learning how to communicate more effectively and whatnot. And all these are so important for leaders and for anyone who's wants to do important things in the world. So that to me, I'm very fulfilled when I'm in alignment with my calling and that I can do something every day to both move the dial on my own development and move the dial in how powerfully I can serve. Um, my 25-year vision, which I'm practicing in my visualization training, is to train and inspire 100 million people on this path of integration, in this path of unveiled mind. And I think we'll hit it way before 25 years, but you know that I've given myself a little fudge, you know, time. <laughs> and so that every day when I wake up, I have this other principle that I literally heard first from Nakamura in one of our meditation sessions: "It's one day, one lifetime." Every day is a complete lifetime of learning and growth, and it might today might be the day when I mm -hmm. find that ultimate enlightened awareness that is going to allow me to make even more pure, you know, decisions and impact, you know, people even more powerfully. So pay attention, Mark. Right. <laughs> right. And the, the other uh, side of this is this is like a warrior's creed: is that you know today might be the last so make it count mm. and and this is true i've had many many of my teammates pass away in combat and training accidents and um it makes you really value every day and right. then if you, if if you value every day with that type of intensity then why not value every hour with that and then if you're going to value every hour with that intensity and that clarity and that intentionality then why not every minute Mm. Now we're getting close to pure presence and spontaneous joy and spontaneous uh, action because it's all aligned with your calling and with your sense of internal control. That brings oh, I me love that. Yeah. I love that. Mark, you're awesome. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm, I'm sure our listeners are just absolutely just like, whoa, right now, because I am. I'm like... <laughs> I'm literally in awe right now. So thank you so much for coming to the show. I, I really appreciate yeah. it. Joseph, this is a blast, man. I, I love you. You're, you're doing great stuff. you got a great attitude. So keep it up. Hey, hey man. You taught me how to do it. So <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, I totally encourage you guys to dive into his world, take his training programs, read his books. I mean, listen, like if you need an example of how it can change your life, just look at me and, and just say no more. So dive into his stuff and, oh man, you, I promise you, your life will be changed. Thank you so much guys for listening and I'll see you next week on the Otter Fulfillment. Take care.